This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk, Tuesday night, isn't it? Half past six. The boys are back in town, of course. I'm your host, Nick Pete. Joining the studio today by an esteemed guest. Let, let's, let, how, can we build, how can we build the main man in front of me right now? I've sold you so many times on this show. But let's just, let's just say Merseyside fighting icon. I'm going there. Icon, where's the bronze statue? It's coming, I'm sure. Mr. Derry Matthews, welcome to the studio. Evening, mate. We're not here to talk about your career for once. We're not here to talk about necessarily about, although probably will actually about Pricey later on. We are here to talk about the big show that goes down at Greenbank Sports Centre on Friday night. Listen, small hall boxing is vitally important. We all love going to Echo Arena. We all love going to Manchester Arena or Cardiff or the O2 for the big world title fights. British boxing is absolutely booming. But without it, without supporting the small hall shows, without supporting the, the leisure centre shows where the young novice pros are in and their trade, without supporting the, the sport at that grassroots level, we don't get the Anthony Joshua's of this world. We don't get the Tony Bell you fight to this world we certainly don't get things like world boxing super series so there's a card on friday night um i'm going to speak to Derry a little bit about that uh, later on in the show but first and foremost Derry, i want to catch up with a little bit of news i don't know what you've heard but the news on the street right now is of course world boxing super series i just mentioned it then as we know super middleweight tournament our very own callum smith is set to face off against george groves in the final right now that fight officially is still happened june the 2nd in london that is the official line but any fight fan will know george groves popped his shoulder against eubank jr in the semi-final ruptured some ligaments we are still waiting confirmation of how long george groves is going to be out for but word on the street is there's a new date and potentially a new venue um, i'm here on july 7th maybe july 14th Manchester Arena. So instead of all those scousers having to travel down to London, we could get the World Boxing Super Series final back at the destination of the semi-final where Groves fought Eubank Jr. for Callum Smith versus George Groves for all the marbles in the 12-stone division. If that happens, Derry, should it be switched to Manchester? That's got to be a big positive for Callum Smith. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive, massive boost. Um, it's a bonus, you know, because you know, he doesn't have to travel. He can come home and stay in his own bed in the build-up to the fight and be around the people who he likes to be around. Um, and, you know, going back to, you know, he only trains in Manchester as well, so it's just, it's basically his own time as well. Um, so it's a, it's a bonus, but at the same time, George Groves is a true professional and he boxed there against Eubank, so I don't think it'll play a massive part for Groves like that he's got to travel. But at the same time as Callum, it's a bonus. He doesn't have to travel. He doesn't have to travel. But for for Groves, you know, he's good on the road. He's good at travelling. Um, so it it sets off an interesting fight. And for for a northwest boxing fan, it it's it's perfect for us. Yeah, absolutely. When the, when the tournament first started, the, the the super middleweight bracket of the tournaments, what were your views? Who did you fancy to win the tournament? Then did you fancy these two to be in the final? And has anything happened over the course of the tournament, the quarters, the semi-finals? That may have changed your mind. I thought Eubank and Callum were going to be in the final. Um, and I've said from day one, I think Callum can win it. He's got everything what a, a boxer dreams of having. Height and punch. Got a good team around him, got a good coach. So, you know, 
I want to go for Callum. Um, Groves has got experience on his side, but at the same time, he's got age as well. And, you know, for a Liverpool boxing fan, I just, I'm hoping George Groves goes old overnight. Yeah. And when he comes, when he comes to fight night, you know, he is old in there. Because if not, it will be an hard night for Callum. But I still say Callum wins. Callum wins it for me. Um, Callum's last fight. He was in a, for me. He was in a no-win situation. If he would have knocked that kid out one round, it would have been you know, you're only fighting a, a cage fighter or a kickboxer, whatever he was. You go the distance with him, and it's, you couldn't knock him out. So yeah. for Callum, it, it, it must have been hard, but he got the job done. You can only beat who's in front of you, and now he's in the World Series final. So you know, hats off to him. Don't forget, he hasn't been been around the scene long neither, and he's still only young. So he's fighting for the world title in. In Manchester, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of, you mentioned then you expected Eubank to be in the final against Callum Smith. I did as well. Um, like me, were you disappointed with Eubank or were you surprised at how much Go- George Groves has still got left in that semi-final? Uh, I was surprised by what Groves had left. I just thought, he, I keep saying it, boxers go old. And I thought he would have went old against Eubank and he never. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I'm hoping he goes old against Callum and, and Callum becomes, you know, World Series champion and puts many big nights on back in Liverpool for yeah. for the boxing fans because you know we're a great great fighting city and we want champions and we deserve champions because you know the clubs the amateur clubs coming through the the young pros coming through they want to be on the big bills and with the likes of Callum winning world titles and the other lads in the city winning them it's only good for boxing of course it is yeah uh, speaking of local fighters winning titles the other bit of news I've got Paul Butler. As we know, there's been a lot of talk of Paul Butler fighting for the IBF world title. His old belt, actually, the old belt that he, he beat Stewie all for a couple of years ago. He was, uh, you know, he's probably wrongly advised to give that belt up and move down to super flyweight. It's taken him a, a couple of years to get back on track. Ryan Burnett unified the IBF and the WBA super belts uh, back end of last year, but has actually just given up the IBF world title to pursue the WBA route to, to, to retain that title. So the IBF belt has become vacant. There's been a lot of talk of Paul Butler fighting for it on the Amir Khan undercard at the Echo Arena. Uh, one thing I did hear this week is potential fight for Paul Butler may be Emmanuel Rodriguez, the Puerto Rican, unbeaten Puerto Rican. I think he's 17-0, 12 knockouts, an absolute monster. And if that is the right opponent, we could well see that move back to the Bellu Hay 2 card on May the 5th down in London. Um, in terms of Paul Butler, Derry, uh, you know, he's, he's had to do it the hard way in terms of getting back into world title class. I think, you know, for me on paper, Emmanuel Rodriguez, probably one of the toughest opponents out there. As I say, he's got an incredible record. But Paul Butler on his day he can beat anybody in this bantamweight division. He can, and Paul's at the level where you only fight the best. And, you know, he's a, Paul's a tremendous fighter. He's got everything what you, what you want as well as a fighter. He's got, the same as Callum, he's got the same team as Callum. He's in a good gym, good vibe. All the lads in there are bouncing, good atmosphere. Um and he's, he's been a world champion before. Um, he's, he's, he's boxed the best. I, th- I still think he's boxed the best in the world. And Tete, I think, you know, he, he, he's something special. So he's got the experience as well. Um, and it, don't be wrong, it's a, it's a massive ask. It's a hard fight. But at the same time, if it's, if it's on the Hayden Bellew, he's got the home advantage. It's in it's in Britain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with, with Paul Butler, you, you know he's capable of, of pulling out the bag because he's very, very, very good. Very good. Um 
and, f- and f- let's touch Woody. He, he gets the fight, and let's let's get it on for him. Yeah, absolutely. It could be a busy time come May. Uh, obviously, we I know it's not a title fight, but the the month kicks off with Bellew versus Hay too. Uh, then potentially we get Paul Butler on the undercard in a world title fight. You've got Liam Smith, uh, who's in negotiations, advanced negotiations right now with Sam Ali, the WBO super welterweight champion. Um, that fight more than likely will end up going to New York. We kind of understand that, Derry, don't we? You know, Sam Ali beats a legend like Miguel Cotto to become the WBO champ. You're kind of asking a bit too much, thinking he would he would travel to the UK to face Beefy. Yeah, but beat again. Beefy's travelled before. He's boxed. He travelled up by Canelo, so I don't think that'll that'll trouble him. Um, he'd be getting. A, I don't know, I'm assuming he'd be getting a fortune to go out there and to be the best. You you've got to beat the best and. Uh, Beefy on his day is capable of beating anyone and I mean you've just spoke off air before I think Beefy would have beat the Cotto yeah. um, in his last fight I think instead of Ali if it would have, if Beefy would have took the fight I think he'd have beat Cotto then so you know you, you don't know what's you know, what's going to happen but I, I do think Beefy goes out there I think he really can't beat beat this Ali it's a, it's a massive ask um, going to New York or whatever but no, he's capable of doing it. He's, he's a tremendous fighter, and <laughs> it's another one of the Joe Gallagher's who they could be three world champions all yeah. training together. All it must be some atmosphere in the gym. I'll say, mate, throw Tashin in there as well. There you go, you got four. Tashin Jonas is in the mix for four. the world title this year, too. I think someone told me Collar's going in the Super Series lightweight as well. So, you know, it's it's one of them. It's Jim's thriving, it's good atmosphere in there, um, and success breeds success, and you know. Beefy, for instance, Beefy, Callum and Butler, three Merseyside lads all chained together for world titles. It must be must be brilliant for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of your own gym, then I popped in the the other day. I was I was in there watching a few of the lads sparring. Um, there's a there's a, a little buzz about the gym as well. You know, it's a, unfortunately Pricey wasn't there. He'd gone over to Germany to do some sparring. I think, but the rest of the lads, there's a real atmosphere going on. I think the only one missing was JJ Metcalf. Yeah, well. well I think JJ's goes out tomorrow to final pairs bids for the British title. So we've got JJ for British title. Jazz is waiting for his day for the British title. I've just got Tyrone McCullough, um, European silver medalist, as an amateur. He's just come on board. He's had, I think he's had 12 stop date. Craig Glover, who I keep saying now, is the to me, is the best. Take Bellew out of it. He's the best cruiserweight in Britain at this moment. I've seen him spar. I've seen him do everything. Everything to all the cruiserweights out there. Got Nathan Bennett, who is another one of the dark horse, two wins out of two. Sam Maxwell, who everyone knows Sam, everyone knows what he's about. He's got everything, everything in the locker. And then we've got another heavyweight in Sean Turner, who's not the Sean Turner who's already a pro from Ireland, a new, a new lad, Sean Turner, who's you know we're expecting big things from as well. So we've got a, we've got a good little stable, and me, George, Joe McNally, and now we've we've also got Gary Tornell on board as well. Helping with the pro, so you know we're going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I was chatting with Gary in the gym the other day. Proper character, Gary Thornhill. Even when he was a when he was an active pro, he was bad enough. But you know, he's he's certainly not lost any of that love for the game as well. I he loves it, and you know, he, he asked to be part of the team. And me and George sat down with the other fighters because it's it's about them. It's not about you know who we want with us. It's about the fighters, and we sat with the fighters and said, just mind if if Gary comes on board and helping. The lads all went, we need him round the gym. He's a character. He makes a good cup of tea as well. <laughs> but, you know, you need him round the gym. You need people like that. You need people, you know, when it gets serious, it gets serious. When it goes, you know, 
when Sans have a laugh at the end of the session, he's there to have a laugh, but it's a job at the end of the day and you've got to, you know, be fully focused. Yeah, when I was chatting to him about it, I, you know, I, t- I pulled Gary to one side and we were having a chat because it's a couple of years since we last seen each other. Um, you know, and, it, and he was saying that he, he's there because he loves it and, he, and he's there because he, he loves the sport and he loves being around the lads, but... You know, he got very serious when it came to the boxing talk as well. He was like, you know, th- these kids, I'm here to to do a job, and if it's my job to be in here helping these kids achieve their dreams, and if any of these kids who are training with us now fail to get a British title and beyond, then I feel like I would fail as a, fail them as a coach. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> when I first turned pro, I remember sparring Gary, and I come back to George and went, "He's crap. He's crap after two rounds, or when he's crap." And I went back out for the third round, and he went, "Now it's my turn," and he just he just put it on, and I was like, "Wow, that's the and so he's he's got it." Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he he's he's a, as a fighter, he's brilliant, and the knowledge he's got, the the stuff he's want to be doing in the gym with the lads, and it's it's good to have rounds. It's a good vibe. You know what I mean, he's been a British champion twice. Yeah, Box, Rich, uh, Richie Wenton. I was there. Yeah, he, you know, he's, he, he's done it, and he and he went the best amateur. But George Adam from an amateur turned and pro, and you know he's, he's, he's it's it's good. We have a good little laugh in the gym as well. Like today when we've just been in, I said to him, remember when Steve Foster beat you up and I had to get him back for you because I lived next door to Gary for five years. Oh right, okay. So so I used to always say to him, I'll get him back for you one day, yeah. Don't worry, and then <laughs> I did. <laughs> so it's it, it's good. It's good to have him around. He's, he's a good he's a good character, but at the same time he he said he smoked a job. Yeah, I think that's the that's the the vibe you get from the gym, and I think that's how a, a successful gym always works. Obviously, you're always always there trying to have a bit of a laugh, cracking a joke with the lads. Gary's a complete wind up merchant. Joe Max got a contagious laugh, but then at the centre of it all it, it is George, you know, and and George is you know the fountain of knowledge. Is is the is the is the master? It's it's one of them. It's you walk it. it well, for instance, we're all in the gym. He walks in. It's like. I call him the Alex Ferguson of boxing. It's like he's walked in. It's one of them where, you know, the gaffers here. What what are we doing? Everyone's having a laugh and a joke. He walks in, it's like Yeah. Switch switch on. on. What 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 do you want to do, George? So it's good. Um and then I love that if the lads have a problem, they come and ask me, they won't go and ask him. Or they say, My legs are a bit sore, can can we leave the tack in the morning? I, and I go, You wanna to speak to George or can you ask George for us or my hands are a bit sore? They won't go direct, so I'm like the middleman. I'm like the good cop, bad cop, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but then, George is one of them where sometimes, you know, he'll say to me, like, you you plan the session, blah, blah, blah. So we go on, we plan the session. And then, on the other hand, he'll pull me to one side and say, listen, stop getting too much ahead of yourself, which is good, because that's what I need, Nick. I'll just, you know, I'll just focus on something else. Or, so he, he he's there to, like, to guide me in the right way to be a, a successful coach and... I couldn't ask for a better man to learn off, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll come on later on to obviously Nathan. Nathan Bennett went to two and zero at the weekend on Steve Wood's show at the BT Convention Centre. I'll ask you a little bit more about that later. But in terms of uh, the Green Bank show, we're going to get stuck into it with Derry in part two. Green Bank Sports Academy this weekend, five fights. Uh, tickets will be on the door, Derry. I'm sure. How much yep. are tickets? Um, thirty-five, thirty-five, fifty, and seventy. So it's there's a there's a bar, the Green Bank and everything in there. It's a decent little venue. Got a bar, got a shop inside, food getting served as well. So people nice and the fights, the boxers who are involved on the show 
a, t- a top class fighter. Sam Maxwell, Ryan Farag, for instance. Yeah. Alex yeah. Dickinson. Everyone loves it. Heavyweight. Of course. So you know, it, it's great entertaining night. We'll come on to we'll come on to the show in part two. Uh, because I want to kind of go through each of these fighters individually and have a bit of chat with you about them. And I also, of course. Want to mention the big fella, big David Price. He's got the big, huge world title, potential world title eliminator with uh, with Pavekin coming up on March 31st. Stick with us. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm Nick Peep. I'm still joined in the studio by the one and only, the fight and icon himself, Mr. Derry Matthews. He come into the studio tonight, let me just tell you as well. He's got half a bottle of Coke, two bags of crisps. He's just stuffed a bag of French, French fries down his throat like you wouldn't believe. Chocolate bars. You're loving this life as a non-fighter now, aren't you, the coach? I've been starved to this, Nick, from the age of eight, so now it's time to, <laughs> to eat what I want. You're still looking in good shape, though, mate. There's not much on you. No, there's nothing on me. You know what? I think my metabolism's picked up. Um, I've still got an eight-pack. I'm still in good shape. Um, I'm playing a bit of football every now and again. But it's, it's weird when I'm like, I'm out with my lad, like you've got a bout coming up, mm. or some kids in the club, I'm like, you can't eat that, you can't eat this, give me a Harley to boy. <laughs> so I'm doing, I'm doing what George and Danny used to do to me. I remember going, I was in camp with George, and I, I thought, I used to think he'd done it on every, every, like, on purpose. He stopped at every service station, going to like, go when we going out sparring or going to a wave, he'd stop at every, and I'm like, what's he doing here? You know, you can smell the food and I'm like, oh, no. So I'm, I'm starting doing that with the lads. <laughs> Just to widen them all up. I love it. Um, one lad, as I say, was in the gym this week. One lad who I didn't see, unfortunately, because he was off sparring, was the big fella, big David Price. Now, uh, I think anyone listens to the show knows what's going down on March 31st on the AJ Parker undercard. Big Price he has got, you know, let's face it, a bit of a lottery ticket. He's been matched with Alexander Povetkin, who's the number one contender for Anthony Joshua's WBA belt at the moment. Um, this fight with Povetkin is for the WBA interim and the WBO intercontinental, I believe. There's two there's two interim belts on the line yeah. uh, for Pricey here. Um, but more than that, Derry, forget about you know what are the, these belts that are also on the line. But more than anything, it's the opportunity to take Povetkin's place as a number one contender for Anthony Joshua and for someone like Pricey who in a press conference Anthony Joshua said the only man to ever knock me out was Pricey the narrative's already there the job's already done if he beats Pavekin he could fight Anthony Joshua and, well there's no one else who, who can really um, unless Wilder comes in for, for him but he's got to be next he's got to be man as a challenger um, so it was one of them fights where you'd have, you'd have to take it Nick you'd have to, it's one of them where it's like a couple of lads who I know, who I'm close to, said, how oh, can prices jump right in? The opportunity might come again. Exactly. You're not getting any younger. Yeah. Take it, you know, and it's like, he wins for Vecan. It's like winning the lottery. Yeah. In boxing, in the boxing world. If you've, won the, you've won the lottery. Um, so, you, you've, got, you've got to take it. You take this opportunity. You're in this to fight the best, to be the best, to earn the most money. So, why not? If if you'd have agreed to a fight with someone like a uh, Carlos Tackham, who's just lost to AJ, a Dillian White, a Lucas Brown, you could argue and go, you know what? If he wins that fight, he's not guaranteed the shot. At AJ he's not guaranteed to cash in a lottery ticket, so it's too much of a risk. But with Pavekin being the number one contender, Pricey wins this fight. AJ's got to fight him, or pay him step aside money, or he's got to he, vacate, p- vac- vacate yeah. the belt. 
worth pricey fights for the vacant belt? It, it's a, it's a, and I can't believe Pavek Pavek can have just held on, mm. held out, and just went. I'll fight him next. Yeah, but he's picked a he's picked a fight pricey. Yeah, two names got put to him, and he picked pricey. So we were happy. Of um, and it's done. And I, I get why Pavekin's done it. You know, because Pricey on paper looks like tainted goods. Yeah. But I think people undervalue how big a puncher he is. Yeah, he, he, you know, and Pricey's even told me himself. He may not have the greatest chin in the heavyweight division. But when you punch as well as Pricey does, it doesn't matter. Because if you land first, yeah. it's game over. Exactly. Um, and his training's gone superb so far. He's out in Germany at the moment, sparring again. Um, and everything what's been asked he's doing um, he's got a conditioning coach from John Moore's University he's put a programme together he's, it's working wonders for him he looks in top nick um, he comes sparred before he went out flew out to Germany he's done a 10 rounds in our gym sparring but I was happy with it because I was asking the fella to know who he sparred to put on him to, I wanted him to throw everything he has a price he said to me I want, you're getting paid here you've got to go and put on David's toes and I was screaming at him. It was like I was I was his coach. I was screaming just to work, to work, to work. But it'll benefit Pricey, and that's what that's what he needed. Um, and he's in he's in a good place. He's happy at the moment. Um, and a happy fighter is always a good fighter. I think you know he changed a few things in camp. He never ran for his last couple of fights. He's he's done that. He's got a new conditioning coach. It's going well. And also, on the same time. What's Pavekin going to be like if he's not on if he's not on the steroids? He's been he's failed so many times. Three, at least three. At least three times he's failed. Yeah, he shouldn't be in the sport. No. So now it's time to price to take him out of it. And you know these are the questions I'm going to be asking in the build up close to the fight. I want him tested, and I want to, I want to see go from there. And see what you know. I think I'm going to be I'm going to be asking these questions. I want to see how good of a Nick he is, um, and I want to see what he's like when he's traveling. Because he's never travelled, really. Yeah, that's it. Well, I think the reason this fight's come about, because obviously, you know, Matchroom, Sky Sports, I'm sure they've said to Pavekin's people, you've got to show the British fans what you're all about. If, if you're, we're ever going to sell a fight between you and AJ, you've got to get on now, get on an AJ card and, and show the British fans what you're all about. Um, I think pick and price is a, a massive mistake. Although, you know, I know a lot of, not just fight fans around this country or internationally, but certainly even fight fans from Merseyside as well that have... Feel like Pricey's burnt the fingers a little bit. They've they've almost given up on Pricey. You know, I've got people who, who are lifelong fight massive fight fans buy tickets for all the shows, and they've even said to me, "Will you stop banging the Pricey drum? Just get over the fact that he's never going to do it." And I'm like, I can't do that because I truly believe he's got the ability to do it. I know he can do it. I've I've said it from day one, even before he come on board, growing up with him as an amateur as well, and when you know someone's got it. Just needs bringing out of them, and you know he's on he's fighting on the biggest platform in in boxing for me on the Anthony Joshua chief support. Nine, I think it's ninety one thousand sellout crowd. It doesn't get bigger. Yeah, pay per view. Go and do it. Now it's down to David to go and do it. Go and perform to the best he he can perform, and he beats Pavekin, and he you know, and in my eyes he secures his family's future. Yeah, because you know it's, it's worth winning the lottery. Of course it is, yeah. Because you know when you're talking about an Anthony Joshua fight, you're not even talking about a seven-figure payday. You're talking about potentially an eight-figure payday, which is more money than Pricey's ever by far more money than Pricey's earned in his entire career. You know he really is the lottery ticket in terms of this heavyweight division. But then not only that, there's the other fights 
that come after that as well. You know, the Tyson Furies of this world. There's still the Tyson Fury story. Obviously, Pricey being the man to beat Tyson Fury in the amateurs. You know, there's a story there as well. There's a sell on that fight. Um, in terms of a coach, you know, I think over the years, Derry, a lot of people who've worked with Pricey, um, I've come away afterwards and kind of said, he's got it, he's got the ability, he's just got to believe it. You're seeing him on the day-to-day at the moment. Does he believe it? Does he believe yeah. he can beat Pavetka? Right now, he does, yeah. Um, but it's weird, right? Because he doesn't lack confidence, Nick. Me and Joe Max said, we both sat here and went together and went, he, he's so confident, it's unreal. And it's, it, it, it's one of them where He's confident in the gym, blah, blah, blah. Fight night, he's confident. He's just got to stay focused on the job and believe, you know, if he gets hit with one shot, he's got to land two more. To, if he gets hit with three shots, he's got to go and land four. Yeah. That's, that's how, how you've got to do it. Yeah. Price only needs to clip you yeah. and, you're, and you're going fast asleep. And I've seen it happen in the sparring. I've seen him happen in his fights. And, you know, we believe, and most of all, he believes. And as I keep saying, he's in a... He's in a good place. He's happy, and a, and a happy David Price is a dangerous David Price. At what point will it, I guess it'll be yourself, George, Joe Mack, maybe even Gary, maybe even Pricey as well. At, at what point will you sit down and and make a plan for the fight? Is it too early yet, or are no, you already talking to George about it no, now? It's, it's being done. Well, to be honest, Joe Mack has has been his main coach for this fight. Um, you know, we've, we've got we've got seven lads in the stable. I couldn't go to Germany last week because he had to do the lads fighting. So Joe's, you know, took more of the, more of control over it. Um, but we all sing off the same sheet. But we all know what he's got to do. Yeah. I said to Joe, I think he needs to do this, and Joe went, "That's exactly what I've written down." Um, and and his other coach, Franny Smith, who who had it from an amateur, we brought Franny in just just to see what Franny had to say. Um, and, and we were all on the same sheet. It was it was mad. It was like. We're all, we're all the same here. Yeah. So now it's up to David, you know, just to go and and the plan we've got is to is a good plan and it's a plan that I believe it'll work. I just hope he goes for it. I know obviously you can't tell us about your plan right now. I just want him to go for it. So desperately just want him to get in there and put this kid away early. I don't think I can handle sitting through twelve rounds. <laughs> It'll put me in agony. You but then again, I don't think we'll see twelve if rounds. If the plan works, you won't need twelve you won't yeah. be sitting there for twelve rounds. Abs- absolutely. Um in terms of going down to this show, then yourself, you know, as you say, ninety-one thousand in Cardiff for AJ, you know, for yourself as a coach to to sit back and reflect how long you've been coaching now—is it two years? I'm proud to say I was your first boxer, yeah, by the yeah. way. You coached me; I was your first person you what you cornered. Um, but to go down there yourself, and obviously you'll you'll be immersed in the moment. You you'll all be up. You at the time will be all about pricey, and you probably won't get the opportunity to reflect on it. Certainly not during the fight. Maybe you will afterwards. But you know you've come so far as a coach already that you're in such a substantial fight in such a massive arena. Yeah, I want to be honest. I most probably won't be going down till the day of the fight because the other lads are in camp. So <laughs> it's like it's like I spoke the other day. I was raving on about Joe Gallagher. He must do some miles, but he's, he's got his fighters out. All his fighters are out. He, he's there for every single one of them. So, Miak goes off to him. As a coach, being a coach now myself, it, it's hard. Yeah. But at the same time, you want the best for your fighters. He was in he was in America one night. The next night he was in Manchester. I was like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. But that's what you've got to do. And So, if our lads are in camp, I almost probably be driving up for the way in. 
driving home after the fight, ready to start the Monday again with the lads. That, that's just part of the job. We're, we're paid to coach. and But at the same time, I'll be driving home with a smile on my face. I know because I know he's going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. In terms of being a coach then, obviously you mentioned Joe Gallagher there. He's got a, a thriving stable as well. His city knows that all too well. But the difference there is Joe hasn't got an amateur team, a club that he runs as well. You've got an amateur team that you run. Are you still taking the lead as head coach of the amateurs? We've got, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm lucky. I've got Mick Geno, who to me is levels, levels, levels above certain amateur coaches who've We've been there and done it already. He's just, he's, he's honest. He's a he's a diamond to have in the gym. We've got Joe Wilton as well. Rob, um, we've got Kev Ben, we've got Gary. We're, we're lucky. We've got Ben and Sam, two brothers who help out as well. But we've got a great bunch of coaches there. Do you know what I mean? But Mick, if there's a problem, I always go to Mick. Or if there's a bow to be made, I always ask Mick. I, I, I put him as as the as the lead coach sort of. Yeah. Um, He's in the gym every night as well, which is a massive bonus. Um, he's got a, a little lad as well, Sonny, who boxes for us. So, but we're in a good place. First season as a club. We've had two shows already, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. The most of all, the most important thing is that the kids are enjoying it. And if they're enjoying it, we're happy. Of course. In terms of your own career now, do you look back on your professional career? And, you know, I know you, you went full circle with George... Um, but, you know, that time you spent with other coaches in between, the amateur coaches that you had, you had some phenomenal amateur coaches, yeah. certainly at the Solly and stuff. Do you look back and think, you know what, it's kind of like a professional footballer who plays his football all, all at uh, five or six different clubs, and you take a little piece from every coach. It's the stuff now where you think, no way, such and such a coach yeah. taught me that in the yeah. amateurs, and now I'm saying the same thing. I do the same. Uh, Pinch all the best ideas. Oliver Allison, I do the same ab workout. Now, with our pros and our amateurs, what I've done with him. Um, certain stuff Tony Chandler let me I do I still speak to Tony on the phone get some advice off him because um, Mick Geno as well was a solid boxer with me so and Mick has good ideas and you've got to I think you've as a coach you, you've got to learn this is the this is the 6 o'clock moment start isn't it with the, with I'm the tired runs. now mate yeah, I'm tired <laughs> now and then you've got to keep learning and the only way to learn is to, to learn off people I can go in this gym and just sit and watch people you know I'd love to go, for instance, down to Adam Boots gym, sit in the corner for two days, just taking out every advice. Yeah. Jimmy Tibbs, I've seen Jimmy Tibbs around around my bear. I used to just sit there and I'd, I'd, I'd have a coffee with Jimmy. Jimmy didn't know but I was picking his brain some days. I'd sit there for three hours with him, just having a coffee, bit of food, just asking him just questions. Because I always knew that once I finished boxing, I wanted to be a coach. Um, and and I got me badges as, as as I was about to finish my career. So, you know, I've always I've always had this at the back of my mind. Always had your mind on it. Mm. Uh, it it's interesting to where you speak though as well, and I've seen you in the gym, but to you, the young kid making his his, his gloves debut, you know, the the, the young schoolboy, you treat him the same as you treat Big Pricey. Exactly. Exactly. Um even though one could be fighting for tens of millions of pounds next and the other kid's making his debut on a on a on a club show, it it doesn't bother. It does honestly, it does not matter to me. Nick, um, it's a bad fighter. It's like Jazz box last week, Craig Glover box last week on a on a Black Flash show, and Price to be said, the lad said, you know, he's he gonna come with us, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't go. I had to stay with the fighters. They needed a pattern. They needed corner work doing, and then 
So Joe went out there with David, and I had to stay at home with Joe, uh, with George, and the lads. And but look, you, you can't please every every boxer, so you got to put what you can into them. And while they're in camp, you know you you, you spend that time with them. They move, then the next person, it's it's it, you've got to work it out where you know they're all getting the same treatment, but at the same time, no one's no one's more important than anyone else. They're all the same. I'm yeah. a schoolboy boxer. Like I had my amateur show the weekend, so we had my amateur show. Started at twelve, um, two o'clock in the afternoon, finished at five, quarter past five. I was in my car, drove down the Echo Arena to get Nathan Bennett ready for the second pro fight. So it didn't stop. Absolutely. That's you wonder why you're still in shape. Yeah, <laughs> never standing still. Uh, you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Stalk. I'm with Derry Matthews still. Stick with us because in part three we're going to have a proper look at this Green Bank card on Friday night. Tickets will be available on the door. Get down there. Support grassroots pro boxing. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to be talking now about the big card on Friday night, Green Bank Sports Academy, down by Sefton Park there off Green Bank Road. Derry, of course, you were the first ever headliner at Green Bank. I think there's been four or five cards there over the years. Was it 2011, 2012 you fought Steve Jenko? Yeah, I can't remember. Was it 2011, it. I think? I can't remember the date, but I remember the fight well. Like. The first at christened the venue in terms of pro boxing, yeah. Um, it was actually the same venue where I seen Lomachenko fighting the European Championships. Yeah. Uh, 2008, he won the European Championships at Green Bank. So, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a sports academy, a sports hall that's got... A little bit of a history in boxing, but you go back there on on Friday night, Derry. Your first show as a promoter, so fighter, coach, now promoter, taking over the game. I'm just trying to get my hands in the mix, um, but without these small old shows, Nick, the lads wouldn't be getting bouts. They wouldn't be staying active, um, and you know, obviously they're on ticket deals. They've got to sell tickets, so you know, if they don't sell, it's it's mad because if you don't, if you're not a big name in in, in pro boxing. If you can't sell tickets, you don't fight. Even if you are a big name, you've mm. still got to sell tickets. You know, the, if you're a big name, people buy tickets to watch it, and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. So, you know, I just want to try and keep the kids and the, the lads busy as busy as they can, um, and then hopefully they get they get the shots on the big cards. So you know this better than anyone because you know you one of the certainly in modern times you're one of the city's biggest, if not the biggest, ticket seller. Yeah. You know, it's not like when you were three and zero, you were selling out the Echo Arena. When you were three and zero, five and zero, ten and zero, you were having to do the same thing. Yeah, going round local pubs, dropping tickets off. I was, and even until all my last fights, I always done it because you meet people then as well, and I've met some good people along the way, and I'm still made to it now, and they're coming on Friday to show the support again, and you know, the lads, you know, you've got you've got to put yourself out there, you've got to sell tickets, um, and the fight fans have got to buy them, you know. Or, or, there won't be any small all shows in Liverpool, and Steve Woods will tell you the same. Any other any other promoter who comes to the city, Liverpool's a hard city to sell tickets. We've got yeah. that many fighters, that many champions, and you know it's not all about the the big arena bills. It's about you know the small all the young kids coming through, and hopefully you know it can it can be the start of something for MTK Liverpool and and myself. Even in terms of the Echo Arena. We've never had a full sale. It's never been a sellout. No. We've never sold every single ticket for a boxing event at the Echo Arena. It's crazy. We've had some great fights there. We've had some, you know, we've had the likes of Bellew and stuff there, but it's never been sold out. No. You know, I, I, I think a lot of people don't 
don't realise that. I think one problem, of course, is the fact that the city, the city's so rich in talents that there's a lot of shows get put on here. Yeah, I don't even think it's a show Olymp- every weekend. Yeah, I don't even think the Olympia. I think I'm the only person who sold the Olympia. I don't know, you know, I think I sold the Olympia. Yeah, when I boxed John, Sim- <laughs> when I boxed John Simpson. Yeah. That's the busiest. You won the WBU belt. Yeah, yeah or Marcelli when I, when I got battered off him. Mm. I think it was busy that night as well. So it's hard, as I just said. You know, because people look at it go, well, do you pay £40 to go and watch a small old show? Or £40 to go and watch Tony Bellew in the Echo Arena? Yeah. That's, but it, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard sell, but... Tickets have gone okay, but there's, there's still loads available on the door. The, the difference with Small Hall, what people will find at the weekend as well, is the fact that um, you're so close to the ring. It's so it's so tight in there. You know, you can hear everything that gets said. You know, usually quite quiet. Uh, but you often get barn burners and the place can be electric, you know, and uh, that's why I like Small Hall boxing. I, I love it. And I love, like, for instance, York Hall, Bettner Green, Small Hall boxing. But it's, it's a, what a venue. Yeah. I love the Olympia. I'll be honest, I've had some crackers in there. Um, bits of titles in there. Box for a world title in there. Defending the world title in there. And prize fighter. It, it, it's is the Olympia it's, closed now? Is it still available as a venue? It's I it, don't know. I've read the board. Um, I've, I've blocked it. I don't know what. I don't know why it's not getting used. Um, but it's also at the same time. I've got the Envy in town, um, which is. A lot of the amateur shows go in there, yeah. and that's been sanctioned by the boxing board to have pro shows in there. That's a cracking venue. I think they're old seven hundred. Did you did you look at that as a potential venue? How come you end up going to Greenbank then? And what was the? I went to Greenbank. It's bigger. Um, it's, it's bigger facilities, and you know it's it's a it's a cracking venue. And where I won with well, I won. A, I was the first person in there to win a title. I won a master's title in there, so I wanted to go back to. Old grounds and it was good. And we've been there before with MTK. Yeah. Um. And you know we know we know the the venue, the venue's good. And but I think you know we will be using others around the city. The the BT conven- the convention centre. What Steve Woods is using at that moment. Is that a step up again in terms of size? Is that a little bit bigger again? I, I was it say similar. It, it, it's it's more of a theatre like. Um. But it's like going in the pictures. Yeah. And the rings where the TV is, yeah. Um, so you sit next to everyone, so they can't be. You know what happens if two scousers fight each other from or, or a Liverpool lad fights from fights a man. Yeah, yeah. You've got to look at it that way as well. Um, but it, it is a cracking venue. Um, I was there the weekend with Nathan Merrin, and you know it's, it's good. I've, I've had a, I've had a meeting with the with the fellas who own it, and you know you you never know what's around the corner. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan Bennett, of course, went 2-0 and at the weekend. Uh, main event, Tom Farrell bounced back to winning ways, which is good to see after his defeat to O'Hara Davis. It's always nice to shake off the uh, shake off those those demons and get them off your back. And also, um, Nathan Corliss made his pro debut, which was a big thing for the city, obviously. A, a name and a family name deep-rooted in Merseyside boxing. Nice to see him make his pro debut. Yeah, I was I was commentating on, on Nathan's fight and I thought he was outstanding. His jab was perfect all night. He was throwing some nice uppercuts as well. Um, I've, I've, he's been down the gym a lot, sparring Craig. Um, and he, he's got a big future. He's, he's huge for the weight. Um, and he's got good boxing skills. And it's in a minute. It's it's in the family, yeah. family tradition. And and he's he's at my old amateur club, the famous Solly. Um, and he's the first one to be a pro am out of there. 
Um, you know, we have to look who, who, who the Solly's lost over the years. And, and for instance, myself, David Berg, Paul Edwards, Tommy Peacock, Stephen Berg, yeah. Stalker, Maxwell, Dodo. Yeah, imagine if it were pro Pro-Am gym 10 years ago. It's it, the success would have been insane. Yeah, there's, there's loads. Probably even more, isn't he? So who, who coached? Who was in this corner at the weekend? Uh, it was Tommy. He was one of the old amateur coaches. He, was, he must have took his pro license now, and he was there. Uh, so it was good. I, I was speaking. I was, I was on the commentating, and I, I went up to Lynchy after it. Said Alan, I'm not happy, and he was laughing. He said, "What is it?" I said he had silver and white and black shorts on. They should have been black and white. Because we weren't allowed to wear any of the colours. And he went, ah, I went, he went, he had the badge on. I went, it's not the same, no. It's not the, we all, you gotta, when you when you go to the show and you use the seals in black and white, you knew we were the Solly. Yeah. You know, it's one of them where if you bleed, you bleed black blood. You're the Solly man. And, you know, but it was good. It was good to see Alan there, you know, showing his support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming back to your, your card on Friday night then. Um, I guess top of the card will be Ryan Farag, former European champion. Yeah, I'd say Ryan. Um, it's one of them. They're all they're all top top lads, aren't they? Look at Maxwell. Yeah, I like I like I have always said that everybody should top the bill. Yeah. Alex Dickinson. Um, so it's 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 a TBC, is it? Who's going to actually headline on Friday night? Though. Yeah, I think so. But um, them. Yeah, at the same time you're going to say Farag. I mean, he's been yeah. he's, he's been at the high level. Maxwell, Farag, Steve Lewis, though. As well, yeah. So, I've seen yeah. Steve Lewis sparring with Sam in your gym the other day. Yeah. Uh, looks nice and sharp. But you know, he's got a. It, it, I'd like to see Stephen Lewis really push on this year and move forward. Yeah, I would as well. And I think I think Steve knows that he's got to. Um, was he for, Is he? This is fourteen and one now. Is he? Yeah, this is his first fight back after his, his defeat to Saunders. Yeah. But you know, he, this year can be massive for him. This he knows that. There's, there's things to be won, um, and, and hopefully this will be the start of of it all being happening in Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it just me, or is this city full of, of talented super lightweights as well? It's full of them and lightweights. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's well, you could have its own tournament with, we could, we with could, super lightweights of just Merseyside yeah, boxers, just Merseyside central area title on top. You've got Maxwell, Steve Lewis, Tom Farrell. Nathan Bennett, Jed Cattle, Mulcahy. Mulcahy's a lightweight, isn't he? Mulcahy, yeah, lightweight, yeah. yeah. Luke Willis. Luke Willis, of course, yeah. It's insane. Uh, Robbie Davis. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hell of a tournament. Robbie Davis. There's more. I'm sure there's more. It's, uh, it, it, it's... I don't think we see enough of it as well. I know you're a big advocate. Uh, I had them laughs at me all the time when I talk about it, but... You know, bang. Okay, take away the likes of Tom Farrell, maybe, and Robbie Davis, but the rest of those lads, throw them in a tournament, get a central area to belt, I, and get them to swap it between them. I, I want. There's I, your headliner I, I for every time me, you do a green bank. Me show. and the lads at MTK, we tied our hardest to get a, title, a central area title fight on this bill. It's been perfect, and I think everyone should fight for. I'm gutted now. Me and George always, me and George, still speak about it every day. Why didn't they win a central area title? Why? I never boxed for it, and that's the only. And once you've gone for a certain belt, you can't go back. No, you can't. No. Because if I could come back now with a central area, I would. Just <laughs> and just get out, and then I've done everything. Then, <laughs> but you can't. So I was gutted, and I'm, I'm and I'm gutted. I never won it. So as a young pro, Mulcahy done it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Said to him, "That's brilliant what you've done. You know, you you gone back to proper boxing. Yeah, old and school. It's old school. I think he's defending it. 
I think so, yeah. But if you look at it, as you say, it's got a, un, unlike things like the WBO European belt, which it's someone made up that. last year. Someone made that yeah, up, I the think. Better, the purple fights. Essentially, about this history and that that goes yeah. back decades. You, you, can can one, you can fight for one of these intercontinental yeah, silver not, belts or whatever they are. WBO silver or, or not WBO European or some Mickey Mouse thing. But you can fight an Hungarian who's what, 20, 120, lost one, but he's terrible. Yeah. Where you could have like a, a Manchester lad or, you know, yeah. two scousers battling out a proper fight. As, as a boxing fan, I'm trying to get more old school fellas back into it. That's what you need. Cause them, like some old fellas don't like only a holy because the, the ring's too far away. So if you get them close, yeah. watching Central Area title fights, it, I think it'd be brilliant. I'd love a night where we have five bouts on and they were all five Central Area title fights. I think it'd be brilliant. It would be insane, yeah. Maybe maybe what you should do is, is give a row free to the Merseyside Xboxers Association. Just invite them to come down. Go, oh, there's 10 tickets for every show that we do. And get them involved at the because they, they're the belts that they used to fight for. All the lads who are there now having a drink, all the Mayside Xboxes yeah. lads, they all fought for Central Area. To them, fighting for the British title, that's that, the, that, the equivalent that, of a that, world title fight today. I think I think you should they should make a rule up where you've got to fight for the Central Area before you can fight for the British title. Or the Midlands area, or the, yeah, yeah, you've got to become area, an area champion. You've got to become an area champion before you can fight for the British title. And that will get everyone wanting to fight. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think boxing's changing? Do you see a change in boxing? Maybe it's because of MMA or whatever. Do you see a change? Are you seeing more young pros willing to take chances? Or is the emphasis still on this protecting the O, the, the undefeated record? Yeah. Oh, the other night on Steve Wood's show, two lads here have credit, Mick Gerrard um, and Gary Austin. Yeah. They both made their debut, boxed each other. That's right. Pro de- both Merseyside both, lads, aren't both, they? Both two, scousers, two scousers fighting each other. You know, that goes off to the two of them. And that, that, that's what you want. They yeah. both, they both box on the you, you never, When have you ever heard that? Seen Crazy, that? Isn't it? Two scousers, both flyweights, making their pro debut, <laughs> fighting each other. Honestly, it's brilliant. It's great. As a as a fan, it's it's, it's brilliant, and that's what it needs. Yeah. That's what that's what it needs. And going back to what you said, has it, has it changed since I turned pro? I think there's three times more now pros, um, and at the same time. Anyone can go pro now, Nick. Yeah, no. it's my. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. You don't have to win anything. No, you just, they just, they're just turning over, and they're getting contacts. If they sell tickets, they're getting the deals, and you know. Do you think it's less about the input of the, the, you know, the threat, or not even the threat, but the way MMA is set up? Because that's it's easy to fall down that rabbit hole and go, no, this is the effect of mixed martial arts. In fact, I think it might more be the effect of. That nonsense called white collar boxing. Is it white collar where people are having fights and then going, you know what? I think I'm going to turn pro. Yeah. yeah. And half of them in the white collar, I think they just want to put on Facebook and social media that the boxers and they've got all sorts of belts. You can buy them belts in H&M and Topman. That's what, that's what they're like. And you're like, you're ruining the sport. Yeah. I'm a, I've been a fighter, but I'm a fan. And it's, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. And at the same time, going back to like, if you're in Britain, if you're number three, I don't think you're, you're classed as a GB lad. So, do you want to just keep learning, getting used, getting to, getting close to the ABAs, getting to the semi-final, getting beat every year, then just turning pro where, I think years ago, 
you'd have to win an ABA title. Georgie Vaughan always said to me, unless you win an ABA title, he wouldn't train you. And I look who we've got in the gym now. We've all won an ABA title. Really, yeah. <laughs> Apart from Craig Glover, but he had 50k one fights. So mm. he, he's, he's out, of the, out of the equation. But everyone else won an ABA title. It's insane. You know, you know yourself with my family's you know, connections to the sport um, through the clinic. The amount of boxers, you know, and you, you know I've been around since you were still amateur. I've been around this game for 20 years now. And the amount of lads who are from Liverpool who are coming to get their pro licences now that I've never even heard of, that I've never even seen attached to an ABA quarterfinal, semi-final, club-level club fighters that are turning pro. In one ways, it's great that people can chase this dream. But in other ways, do you feel like it might be saturating the product? That it's just because there's so many fighters, there's so many shows, and it's hard for fans to to see where the quality is. Yeah, and, and who do you who do you blame now? Do you blame the boxing board? I'd you'd have to I'd say yeah, because then the boxing board are giving coaching badges out to personal trainers, and then they're just getting someone out of the gym and getting that's the same pro. That's the same pro. It's it, 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 it is what it is, but as a fan, it, it's it's frustrating, but at the same time, some of them are doing quite well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the show then on Friday night, quickly before we finish, Ryan Farag, Sam Maxwell, Alex Dickinson, Jed Carroll and Stephen Lewis, five Merseyside lads, all with massive expectations and aspirations in this sport. Jed Carroll alone, man, the fighting paramedic. Love that kid to bits. Um, we will all be down here on Friday night a little exclusive for you myself and Mr Catchell, the Fight Disciples will be hosting the show for MTK it'll be streamed somewhere on the internet I guess it's on the MTK's channels or IFL one of them uh, but you'll see me and Mr Catchell hosting the show no doubt with Derry as well Derry will be cornering Sam Maxwell and Ryan Farag it's a great card Please get down there. Support these lads now. These are the same lads that, yeah, they do fight in the undercard of the Echo Arena. Yeah, they are on Bellew's undercards and things like that. But it's shows like this which will keep them busy. It's all right being Tony Bellew and only fighting twice a year when you're getting seven-figure paychecks. For these lads to make their living in this sport, they've got to stay busy. They've got to try and fight every other month if possible. And to do that, they need support of Merseyside Fight Fans. Green Bank Sports Academy, Friday night, Get down there. I'm guessing around six o'clock. First bell, probably around seven or seven. Daddy, you think? Yeah, seven o'clock. Get there yeah. seven o'clock. Absolutely. And uh, and taking and, and you know, let's get back to the the roots of this sport and support our own from the grassroots right the way to titles. Once again, Daddy Matthews, thank you so much for joining me in studio. Best of luck this week, and I'll see you on Friday night. Cheers, mate. So much. You've been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Check us out on social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I will catch you here same time next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.